you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked On Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And today, I want to talk about my two biggest fears for the upcoming Missouri basketball season and also another edition, the second edition, in fact, of my new segment called Gridiron Glossary. Yes, it was such a big hit the first time around. We got to run that son of a back once again. But there was some really big news breaking in Columbia last night out of the city council, out of the school board, actually I should say the Columbia Public School Board, some big news out of there. But you know what? First I want to talk about the big news in my life and possibly, well, for you as the listener of this show because it turns out just about an hour ago being the barnacle onto the hull of the ship that is my parents and their 50 years of season ticket holding at Faroe Field. Well, by golly, we're going to have four tickets to the five home games this year. So good for us. We got our usual haul of five tickets. And so far, we don't know exactly where we're going to sit, but the athletic department assures us that we'll be as close as we can get to our normal seats as possible. So what does all this mean? Does this mean that Lots of people are opting out because we weren't exactly in the first tier of people who got to select, or even the first four or five tiers, for that matter, of people who got to select their tickets. But a good sign, I guess, that we got to get our tickets as far as for the rest of you who are listening to this. If you're hoping to get your allotment of tickets, well, certainly it's a great sign. On the other hand, I just I don't know how to read that in terms of the actual demand. We'll, we'll just have to find out and, and discover It'll be interesting to find out how many of the, the high rollers, the first people at the highest tier at the TSF, well, how many of those people actually opted, opted out? I'd be really curious to know that number. I really would. But obviously, regardless, you're looking at about 15,500 people or so that are going to be allotted tickets. Well, you'd think that certainly there's going to be enough demand, especially pent-up demand with the lack of sports the last few months that you would certainly think there'll be plenty of takers for those 16,000 seats. But the good news is, for you, the listener, is I will be one of those lucky about 16,000 souls in the stand. So, you know what? If you aren't lucky enough to get there, you aren't fortunate enough, whatever it is, maybe you just have chosen to opt out for this season for your own personal or health reasons, whatever it might be. Well, the good news is, I'll be able to tell you firsthand what this what was with what is sure to be a very odd and unique football experience at Faro Field this fall. And I had somebody ask me already today, well, what about tailgating? I know you've got tickets, but are we going to be able to party in the parking lot this year? Well, as of now, I really have no idea, but kind of like I've always been saying, I, I thought at the very least we could do a fanless college football experience. Well, obviously we're doing socially distanced fan fans at college football, you know, about 25% capacity. Well, to me, if we're doing that, we're taking all these extra precautions, surely we can at least do some limited tailgating as well. Maybe space, again, we're going to have 25% capacity in the parking lots too. Well, just have people wisely spread out a little bit, 
Maybe tell them to, like Tennessee has done, tell them to limit their access to maybe just their one 10-by-10-foot 10 tent behind your vehicle. That would be okay. Seems reasonable enough. I don't know. I just would like to think that we'll be able to have a little bit of fun on top of on top of the football because, you know what, as much as I love football, I do like the tailgating as well. And, well, last night in Columbia around town, the big news was obviously that the Columbia Public School District is taking all of its classes online for at least the rest of the month of September. And obviously this is because of, well, what the lo- some of the local media has dubbed a surge in COVID-19 cases. And, well, let's not get political again on this show. Let's just stick to what is and what may or may not happen and keep my personal opinions out of it in this particular case because, quite frankly, what I think doesn't totally matter. What I'm now wondering is if this is what the Columbia Public School District is doing, could Mizzou be that far behind? Because it sure seems like the blame is falling squarely on the the Mizzou students for this increase in cases. And, well, if that's the case, if Missouri, if Mizzou does end up shutting down campus, I guess the question is, then what happens with football? Because you might think that, well, you can't have football players being on campus if your regular, quote-unquote, student population is not allowed. And I can certainly understand that. And frankly, if you look at just the racial makeup of the team, maybe that's a bad look for an administration to say, hey, all you guys, uh, you guys take the risk, but all the rest of the students, uh, my kids, let's get them off campus. That might be a really tough look to sell in terms of public relations or even legally for that matter. But having said that, we've already seen the University of North Carolina. They shut down on-campus classes for a few days, but the football team continued to practice. And there were a lot of people who noticed that and noted that, well, gosh, isn't this just North Carolina admitting what we all know, that basically football players, athletes, are a different class of students, a special class of students, quite frankly. They're the ones that bring in a ton of revenue, attention, all kinds of stuff to the university. So yes, we all know that football players are treated differently than your regular student. This isn't a big shock. But the problem is, for large institutions, or even just the NCAA in general, obviously we haven't seen that yet. They'll probably die on that hill, I imagine. But for North Carolina... To basically tacitly admit that, yes, these football players are special, well, that kind of calls into question the whole idea of amateurity, doesn't it? So, again, just some interesting times. Obviously, we live in very frustrating times in many ways with COVID and all this stuff. But certainly we live in interesting times, too, because times are changing really quickly, kind of going in directions that they probably would have gone anyway in terms of virtual learning and decreasing costs, that kind of deal in in universities. But obviously, the COVID thing has really, really sped it all up. And coming up, I do want to reveal my biggest fear about the Mizzou basketball season coming up this year. But first, got to tell you once again about my friends at rockauto.com. Because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of vehicles on the market – It's now literally impossible to stock all the parts you could possibly need at your traditional chain storefront. 
So why would you endure the often pointless or seemingly in que- seemingly intimidating questioning by the guy behind the front counter? I don't know all the details of what kind of engine I have, pal. Just you're the one who's supposed to help me out. So guess what? Instead of going to his computer, you go to your computer and go to rockauto.com and find whatever parts you need right there in your pocket. So again, go to rockauto.com right now. See every part you could possibly imagine for your vehicle and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, with college football, the SEC, the ACC specifically, well, with those two, and and the Big 12, I was trying to remember there really quick. I was like, wait a minute, who canceled? Was it the Pac-12 or was it the Big 12? No, it was definitely the Pac-12 and the Big 10 canceled. So we've got the Power 3 conferences playing, but of course, other than the Big 12 playing one extra game against a non-conference opponent, these are exclusively going to be conference-only college football games this fall. And so the question is, with college basketball, are we going to see something similar? What if Missouri played a SEC-only schedule? They could play everybody in the league twice, home and away, and you'd get up to 26 games. Well, that's still a little bit short of the normal regular season, so some people have been talking about regional pod-type things. Like, think about the NBA the NBA bubble down in Orlando, right? Well, just think about having maybe, I don't know, a half dozen of those, maybe a dozen. I don't know what exactly the number would be. The logistics is obviously something that would have to be hammered out by people who are way above my pay bracket. But the idea is obviously to just limit contact. So my fear would be, wait a second, if we go SEC only in this year of all years, you do realize that we were this was the year we were supposed to play Kansas again, right? And by the way, not only that, we would lose we would lose out on bragging rights too, which is frankly that may be the most fun game that Missouri has right now. Other than now that the Kansas rivalry is dead, all the other traditional Big Twelve rivalries are essentially no more. Well. I guess I shouldn't say Kansas is dead. It's coming back. But it's been dead for the last eight years. Let's put it that way. So obviously I'm just worried about these two games not happening. And while a full SEC schedule, a round-robin SEC basketball schedule would be fun, again, those are the two most fun games on the schedule coming up this season for the Tigers. So honestly, that would be a big blow for Mizzou. They're both neutral site games, both games that I think would, certainly the Kansas game is going to sell out. The bragging rights game usually gets pretty close, I mean, depending on how good Missouri's been the last few years, but I just would really hate to miss those two games on the two sides of the state, respectively. And hey, what do you know? We've actually got some breaking news here as I get my phone buzzes my left thigh Yes, some actual breaking news on a recorded podcast during the middle of a recording. What do you know? Anything's possible. But we've got some times, some kickoff times for three of the five Missouri home games and one road game as well. And as you know, Missouri kicks off September 26th at Faro Field against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, we now know that's going to be a 6 p.m. kickoff. Also, we know that 
11 a.m. is going to be the start for Missouri's second game, its first road game at Tennessee. That'll be an early one. And so will the Kentucky home game. That's also going to be an 11 a.m. start. And finally, a 6.30 start for Missouri's home game against the Vanderbilt Commodores, which I believe is the homecoming game this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, good for all of you to know, 6.30 for homecoming, 6 p.m. for the opener against Bama, and two early 11 a.m. starts for Tennessee and Kentucky, respectively. By the way, speaking of Kansas, did you see that they are not going to allow any fans at for KU football this year? Now, some jokes just truly write themselves, and I think we've got maybe the greatest example of all time right there. Frankly, I just want to know, what is the girl who crochets by herself at the top of the stadium? What's she going to do? That's all I want to know, quite frankly. And speaking of teams that I like to make fun of, well, the Oklahoma Sooners are playing the Missouri State Bears on September 12th for their opener. Again, each Big 12 team plays one non-conference game in addition to their nine Big 12 opponents. Well, for that exciting event, it will only cost you the low, low price of $54.99. Now, I don't know about you, But when those things pop up, those FCS games that are for massive, massive Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather type pay-per-view buys, well, that's when I miss the Big 12 the absolute least. You know, there's a lot of things I do miss about the Big 12, but paying for horrible football is definitely not one of them. So let's at least count our blessings when we're in the SEC. And coming up right after this... The second edition of Gridiron Glossary. One thing I've noticed over the years, especially dipping my toes into the financial world, is that people love to throw out their own personal professional jargon to try to make themselves maybe seem smarter than they really are. And I don't even know if people necessarily... All, not, not all people are doing this intentionally to try to confuse people or anything like that, but I think sometimes, like take my wife, for instance, she can be guilty of this because, well, she's a nurse, and we'll be talking, and she'll just start throwing a bunch of medical jargon at me, and I go, sweetie, sweetie, hold down, hold on for a second. You've got to remember, I'm not one of your coworkers. I've never worked at a hospital in my life, so please explain to me what an FCHF stint is or you know I'm completely making that term up obviously but my point is is you see this kind of thing all the time in football as well I think you just see announcers throwing out terms that are unnecessarily inside so in that in that spirit I'm going to try to clarify some meanings of some things that are going to be pretty basic terms if if you've played high school football college football certainly Some of this stuff isn't going to be a big reveal to you. But you know what? For 80, 90% of people who watch football, I bet this is going to be a teachable moment. Now, the good news is most of this stuff is actually pretty simple. It's just hardly ever during the middle of a football game does anybody throw out one of these terms and bother to explain it to you. And a great example of that, I think, is when people are saying, well, the Tigers are in... 22 personnel, or they're in 12 personnel, or they're in 10 personnel. Well, what in the heck do those numbers mean? Because 
there's no 21 position. There's no 10 position. In fact, there's only 11 guys on the field. So how do we even get to 20 or 21 or 22? Well, again, it's quite simple. The first number is how many running backs are on the field. And the second number is how many tight ends are on the field. That's it. It's as simple as that. So basically, once you know how many running backs are on the field, once you know how many tight ends are on the field, you then assume that there are five offensive linemen on the field. That's a safe assumption. So for instance, if it's 22 personnel, now we got to figure out how many receivers are on the field. They make you do that, that math for you. They make you do the math for them, I should say. So, or for yourself, however I want to say that. But anyway, the point is, if you're in 22 personnel, that means you've got two running backs, two tight ends, and one receiver, because that makes now 11 guys. 11 guys, that is, when you include the quarterback. Sorry, I forgot about the 11th man there. The obvious 11th man is the quarterback. So therefore, if you have 20 personnel, well, what does that mean? That means you have two running backs, and no tight ends. Really, 21 is probably your traditional pro set in these back in the day when almost every team would have a running back, a fullback, and a tight end on first down and 10. Well, you would see a heck of a lot of 21 when I was growing up, especially in the 90s and even in the early aughts. But as time has gone along, especially like, do you watch the Kansas City Chiefs? I bet you do. Well, the Missouri Tigers ran the same, mostly the same personnel that the Chiefs did a lot in the last couple of years, and that's 11 personnel. That may be the most common personnel grouping that there is right now. 11 being, of course, one running back, one tight end, and three receivers. Now, the good thing about that 11-style personnel is you can it can be a running formation. Heck, you could even shift your tight end in the backfield as an H-back, as Missouri often does. You essentially do have a fullback for all intents and purposes, even though there is nobody on your roster called a fullback. But if you think about it again, you can have that as a running formation or you can completely spread it out too. Your tight end can be attached to the line of scrimmage. He can be in the slot. You can split him out wide. The point is, is while you can run, say, 11 personnel on every single play, you can have a different formation with said personnel on just about every single play, too. Now, the reason, obviously, this is important to pay attention to from a defensive perspective is simply matchups. The more receivers you have on the field, you're going to tend to have more defensive backs. And then the opposite is true as well. The more linebackers, or I'm sorry, the more running backs and tight ends at the offense tends to have on the field where well, you're probably going to counter with more run stuffing linebackers and that type of deal depending obviously on down and distance and situation and all that good stuff but again just to recap anytime anybody throws you a two-digit number and says they're in 12 personnel 20 personnel whatever it might be all they're simply saying is the number of running backs and the number of tight ends. Then from there, well, you're just left to fill in that gap, do a little bit of algebra, and figure out how many receivers are on the field. It really is as simple as that. So, with all that being said, I will see you guys on Wednesday, and hopefully we'll have some practice audio to break down. I enjoy 
I enjoy having a nice soundbite roster. So, frankly, I don't have to talk the entire time. So, until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.